Hey guys, what's up? <clears throat> this is Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 20th of February 2018. Uh, I am currently in. Where am I? I'm in Sydney. I guess, uh, what is this? Glebe? This island's called Glebe or something? Uh, I don't know. I walked, I, I flew in this morning and um, I'm at my mate Liz's house. So um, <clears throat> I flew in this morning. Uh, Landed at like, like, ugh, sorry, my phone's being a piece of shit. Landed at like eight or something, um, and then I just like so from flying from Perth to Sydney, it's like a three-hour time difference, and the flight is four hours. So by the time I landed, I like we took off at midnight, and I landed at. Yeah, like 7.30 or something like that. So I got four hours sleep, but it was the start of the day and I was so fucking tired. So I just uh, grabbed my bag off the carousel, found a PowerPoint to charge my phone up because it was nearly dead. <laughs> and then um, and then just had a little nap on the floor of the airport for like, like probably like two hours, man. It was so good. Um, I just lo- like... I really have absolutely no problem sleeping on the floor. Still, I'm, I wonder how long that's going to last before I get, like, surely you get to an age when you're like, oh, the back's starting to give way. <laughs> 31, eh? <laughs> oh, oh, yep, that's me. That kind of fucking age. When you just can't sleep on floors anymore, you know? Um, but I'm not there yet, man. I can fucking, it was like the hard floor, you know, but I just pulled up my bag, got my jacket out. Oh, I was still tired. I was still a little bit tired, though. Um, so I wa- and then I went into the city, uh, met my mate Liz at her work at, like, 10, and then walked for an hour, crossed a bunch of bridges through, like, uh, Darling Harbour, and now I'm out in Glebe. I don't think this place is called Glebe. It's called, uh, like, Rosarararururu, something. Who cares? Um, so Liz is having me stay in her place uh, for, for a week while I'm in Sydney, which is lovely. And I really don't know whether someone's going to... Like, I'm in the house by myself right now because Liz gave me a key. And it's like, I don't know any of her housemates. I've not even been introduced to them at all. Um, so at any moment... It, what's the time right now? It's 2 o'clock in the Arvo. At any moment, someone could walk in and interrupt this pod. And, like, I might leave it on and <laughs> if that happens. So they're just like... Uh, oh, hello, um, strange man in my house, sitting in my living room, talking to himself, drinking tea. I'm drinking their tea, by the way. There's some, fuck, man, I got so excited. When I went into the kitchen, there's like, uh, I, put, I was expecting just to find like a tea bag or something. There's all those nice loose leaf T2 teas. T2 teas. Um, I got a French Earl Grey, which I don't know what that is, but I'm about to try it. It smells lovely. It smells like like Earl Grey, but like smoky. And it's like in a teapot and shit. Oh, I've never had tea out of a teapot in my own house. This is so great. Even when I lived at home, my parents still have tea bags. You know what I mean? Like, that's a mark of refinement. I fucking... Tea is so sick, dude. If you respect... If you got respect for tea, I got respect for you. <laughs> I fuck with people who fuck with tea, man. Tea is sick. You gotta, that's what, ah, oh, that's my goal, my number one goal for this year, not to do with tea, just in general, 
like as if you have tea-based goals. I've got my my life goals, my comedy goals, and my tea goals. <laughs> no, my goal for the year is um, I want to after comedy festival in Melbourne in April, I want to get into a place like find a nice three four bedroom place with Blake and uh, Brendan and maybe our other mate Lewis. So we'll see what happens, but um. I just want to find a nice place that I can stay in for like three years and be stable and comfortable in this place so I can leave and come back and I've always got that to come back to. And um, when we get that place in Melbourne, I just want to decorate it real nice, just make it into a nice house and then I'm going to get some fucking teas. I want to get like, oh, imagine if I get like 10 different teas and like a nice, one of those nice... Um, like cast iron teapots, you know, the little ones. It's just like a single serve. Could get a bigger one, but they're quite expensive. Just like a little single serve guy. Um, and then just some nice, like, Chinese teas and some, like, nice Earl Greys and sweet ones. And, like, oh, man, that that shit'll impress people when they come over to your house, you know? If you've got some nice teas on, people are like, this is a man who looks after himself. He goes for runs. He he uh, likes a nice ciabatta, right? Just a fucking good person. That's the kind of aura that I want to project into the world. I'm sick of living in scummy-ass, garbage fucking places, man. I've been doing it since I was 19. I want to live somewhere nice that I'm not ashamed to bring my friends. When they're like, hey, do you want to come around? You like, Can I come around and see your place? And I'm not like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you have to. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. I just want a nice place. So, um, yeah, so I got gigs in Sydney this week. Perth was pretty good, man. Perth ended up being okay, despite the numbers being down on the shows. All the shows were good. Um, Jez Watts was a very gracious host in his house. That was great. I was, um... In the week, like, I didn't, I had shows every night, but in the week, I didn't have my own show, so I was just, like, running, writing a bunch, reading my book, um, I found this weird thing, like, a few doors down from Jez's house in, uh, Mount Lawley in Perth, I went for a walk on, like, the Tuesday, and, um, I had, like, all afternoon, so I was just, like, like, after I kind of motivated myself to get out the house, it must have been, like, one in the arvo or something, um, and I just, it must have been Monday actually, and I, uh, I went like it, with the intention of like, oh, I'm going to go for a big long walk and it'll take me a few hours. And then like four doors down from Jazz's house, there was this empty block that was fenced off with like, you know, just like a, like a metal fence, like a portable fence or whatever. And, uh, it was quite a long, thin block, like, but you know, the size of like maybe a two bedroom house or something. And, uh. There was nothing on it, but there was a huge hole. So it was all all sand, but the sand was dug away, and there was a tarpaulin under the sand, like holding the sand there. And then there were two pipes pumping water into the like into the hole. And I sat there and watched it because it was like it had clearly just started pumping the water in. And so I sat there and watched it fill up and watched the water kind of go around. And like you know, I was in like a a real zen place. So I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna watch the patterns on this water. And I sat there for like, I like stood there in the sun for like 45 minutes and 
took some pictures and I, with the idea of like, this will be great for Instagram. I'm such an artist with my $300 phone with a crack over the front of the camera. What a fucking idiot. But anyway, went for a nice walk, whatever. And then the next day uh, on my run, I was like, dude, I was going for runs in Perth. Um, I ran, I found like this same track. There was this one part. So it was like, I was running for like 15 minutes and then walking for like a minute and then running for another 15 and this big loop. So I would go, uh, out like down the hill cause Mount Lawley where Jez's house is, is like on this big hill. I would go down towards the river and there's this one bit when you get like off, I'd run like along the highway and then I'd get off the highway into this park. And then there's a big hill that goes down towards the river. So I'd have been running for like 10 minutes, kind of just breaking up a sweat. And uh, then there's like a big fucking hill that I would try and run down. And by the end of it, I'd be like almost falling over. It was fucking awesome. And there was, it was like in this grass area. So at the bottom of the hill, there was some soccer goals. And I would run through the goals like, you know, like fucking coming down the home straight at the end of the marathon or whatever. But I'd be like sprinting so fast because I was running down the hill. What The second last day, I almost fucking ate shit, man. And I think that was what made it so fun because I was going through the goalposts down the hill. And I was like, if I fall over now, I may smack my head on that. <laughs> like I might like kind of fall up and forwards and then like maybe kill myself on the middle of this goalpost. And that's exciting. When you exercise, it's good to have the threat of severe brain injury and possible death just to keep you going, you know, and so that, like, when you're running down that hill, you don't, you know, like, better put your fucking feet, just stay alert, <laughs> I was never actually going to die, but I really would have fucked myself up if, I, if I'd fallen over, <laughs> anyway, so I was going on those runs, and then I would uh, do this big loop, and finish just near the Commonwealth Bank in Mount Lawley, and then there's like a minute to walk back to Jez's house, and I would walk past that that empty lot. Oh, sorry guys. Oh my god. I wonder if you guys yawned then. You obviously heard me yawn. Did you yawn? Write in if you yawned with me. That's good because that means that my listenership are not sociopaths. Because you know the whole thing with like if you yawn, if you see someone else or hear someone else yawn, you like it's like sympathetic yawning. Is that does that make sense? Do people know that? Everyone fucking knows that, right? If you see someone else or hear someone else yawn, then you yawn because it's like an empathy thing. And so if you don't yawn, it means you're a sociopath. So if you did yawn then, actually if you didn't yawn, send me a message on my Facebook page. Because that, like at, like the fucking facebook.com slash Taco, not my personal one. This isn't a personal issue, this is a professional issue. Because if you didn't yawn, then that means you're a fucking sociopath. And i got to report you to the correct... No, actually, I want to be your mate. I'm not going to report you. <laughs> we're friends. No, we're buddies. We'll do... We'll fucking go to those sociopath conventions together. It'll be sick. Don't worry. I'm your mate. Oh, that is a... That is a nice... Oh, that is... Oh, mate, that is fucking brilliant, that, see? I did about five different accents in one sentence there. Mm. Oh, very smoky. Anyway, so every day, let me fucking tell this story. Jesus, you guys are probably so... I hate that in... Po- let me diverge again. I hate that in podcasts when the host will like... Ari Shafir does it on fucking Skeptic Tank because he's such a stoner. He starts telling a story and then he'll be like, Oh, I got tour dates. And then do like the tour dates and then he'll start talking about one time when he was in one of those cities 
and then like 20 minutes later, he's like, ah, oh, sorry guys, I guess you wanted to hear that story. Well, I don't remember what it was now, so let's start the episode. And I'm sitting there going like, tell the fucking story! Fuck! <laughs> it's the worst. And I'm doing it right now. So, I went past um, the empty lot again every day and it was like more and more full and I took another photo and another photo and it was filling up and eventually I was like what is this oh wait here's a person oh so it turns out that there was someone sleeping in the house and me yelling about being angry at Ari Shafir maybe woke them up god damn it I'm such a piece of shit anyway she's awake now ugh <laughs> And I still haven't told that story. It's not even a good story. You're going to be real pissed that you've sat through it for this long and it's a, an anti-climax. Anyway, so I was confused. I was like, why is there... I was like, well, what's the water pumping into this thing? And it like the empty lot. Um, I, th- I don't know. My best guess... So it was just like sand on a tarpaulin and the tarpaulin was like going down to the bottom of the thing. So clearly the water was meant to be there and it was being held. My best guess, and this is a garbage guess, but my best guess was that it was, um, is that like how they get a level for the foundations of the house? So then like they put the water in and then they put um, concrete in, like they pour concrete into that so it's already level. But then I was like, that's fucking stupid because A, that wouldn't pour level it would pour in a mound still. It wouldn't float on the on the water. And B, people have spirit levels. You don't need to fill a hole up with water just to get a level. Th- Ugh, God, I had no idea what it was. But from the way that the like hose was kind of pushing the water in, it meant that on the edge, like uh, where it faced the street, that was kind of getting all the sediment because the water was flowing that way. And so at the back end, it was like nice and clean. I could see there was like nothing on the top of the water. So I was like, dude, fuck this. The last day I'm in Perth, I'm going to go down there and uh, I'm going to just go in in my shorts. I'm going to climb over the fence, go in in my shorts and have a nice little dip to celebrate like, you know, last day of Perth Fringe and fucking finishing my shows and shit. So... Yesterday morning, that's what I did. And I was, like, telling people as well because I was, like, you know, fucking <laughs> Aiden, live your life like a movie Jones, right? <laughs> it's, like, do dumb shit as if people are making a movie out of it when actually it's just me. <laughs> that's my favourite thing that anyone's ever said to me. Uh, I dated a girl a few years ago and she was just like, you live your life like it's a movie, don't you? And I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, <clears throat> oop, that little ding there, let's do another one, was uh, the tea knocking against the bowl that I've used to keep the empty tea leaves in. Anyway, a ding ding, so I, um, on the last day, after I'd told people that that's what I was going to do, and I was like, this is so great, I'm going to go for a swim in some empty lot. Um, I went round the back because that was the side that I was going to climb over the fence and I saw for the first time in the alleyway behind the empty lot there was like a big truck and I saw where the pipes were going in and it was like another bigger construction site on the other side of the alleyway and I realised that they were pumping water out from the construction site and I think they were just using that empty lot to store the water maybe so they didn't have to bring another truck in 
and to like have it there for days and days parked behind that place to fill it up with the water. So I'm pretty sure all that water was just dirty water from the bottom of a construction site or something. So I was like, you know what, maybe I won't go for a swim. How about that? So uh, that was a real bummer, man. I was actually looking forward to going for a swim in that thing. And then, I don't know, every person I told was just like, really, you're going for a swim in that random water? And I was like, no, it'll be sweet. And then when I saw it coming from a construction site, I was like, it's probably fine. But like, you know, when you... (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever been to like a, a lake or somewhere where people warn you about those like tiny uh, like things that swim, like you're not supposed to pee in the lake because there are like little things that live in the lake and they like swim inside your urethra or something like that. Have I heard that somewhere or am I making that up? Anyway, I heard that like, you know, on scout camps and shit. They're like, don't pee in the lake because things like swim into your urethra. Which you would imagine they would swim in there when, even if you're not peeing, right? If your dick or your, you know, your fucking vagina. God, the word vagina is so uncomfortable to say. <laughs> if your dick or your vagina are in the lake, the things can swim up there anyway. But I had that image in my head and I was like, oh, if I swim in the construction water, then fucking, you know, maybe... <laughs> I mean, there's like chemicals are going to swim inside my dick. I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> People being bummed about the idea of me doing it combined with seeing the hose come out of a construction site was enough for me to be like, you know what? I do want to live my life like a movie, a movie where I don't get dick aids. <laughs> that's, that's the movie that I want to be starring in. <laughs> Uh, and here we are. Fucking what a great movie. Three stars. Oh. Um, I've done... Uh, so I've, I've bought Tinder Plus um, so I can do... it. Like, look, ostensibly it's so that I can promote my show with Tinder because, like, if you don't know, if you're a girl or if you're a, a, not a fuckboy... Tinder, like Tinder limits the amount of right swipes that you can do, so it's 100 swipes every 12 hours. Um, I only know that because someone else looked it up. I used to just run out of swipes and accept it. I never got into the numbers of it, but now I do know because someone looked it up so they could mock me. Um, so I wanted to use Tinder to promote my show, so I would like get Tinder, tell anyone who I matched with about my show, um, but like just kind of slip it into conversation, you know? So I'd be like... Just talk normally, like, hey, how you doing, whatever, say some random shit that, like, from their photos or whatever, and then eventually be like, oh, like, uh, you seen any cool shows in the fringe? And then, you know, like, they'd be like, oh, no, have you? And I'd be like, oh, actually, like, yeah, I've seen a few shows with my artist pass, and, like, eventually slip in that I have a show, and then I'd pitch them my show, and um, that's the plan, because I did it a few times in Edinburgh, but this time I was like, fucking, I'm, they're, like, paid tickets, so I'm going to actually... Um, I'm going to, you know, buy Tinder Plus, so I got it, and it's unlimited swipes, so I was just swiping right on everyone, and then I would, you know, just, like, mass, like, just start a bunch of conversations, and if I start 30 conversations, maybe five of those people come to my show, bring a friend, that's fucking 10 tickets sold, it's like 150 bucks, right? I did, I made something like 70 bucks off of it in Perth, and I've been doing it now for Adelaide, because there's another feature where you can 
It's called Passport, where you can put, like GPS yourself into another city. So I'm in Sydney right now, but I'm swiping people in Adelaide and uh, talking to them. And I'm basically just every person I match with, I'm like, hey, I've got a show. Do you want a free ticket? So it's like one free ticket for them. And then if they want to bring a mate, their mate can pay or... One chick was very cheeky and was just like, hey, can I get another free ticket so I can bring my friend? And I was like, oh, you can have like a promo code. You can get one ticket for 11. That's two tickets for 11 bucks. Fucking very cheeky. <laughs> but I guess that, I mean, I guess it's cheeky to use Tinder to try and promote your festival show as well. I'm excited for it. It's already paid for itself. It's just a question of now whether I can afford to comp that many tickets and give away that many free tickets. You know, I guess after a while I'll just have to be like, nah, sorry, dude. It's, uh, it is done. But, and then like, I don't know, I think like, I say I'm using it to sell tickets, but like, I know, and I'm sure you guys can tell the ideal situation is girl comes to show likes show messages me again we go out again and then we we have sex right that's like that's the ideal but i'm fine with that never happening and me just making the money <laughs> that would also be great <laughs> but if sex is on the table i'm not turning it down right um oh god this tea is so nice mm. I've already sold out my first night in Adelaide, my opening night, um, which is sick. Ten of those are comps, but 15 have like, bought tickets. Um, if you're in Adelaide, by the way, come and see the show. It'll be fucking sick to see you there. It's uh, March 3rd to 18th, no Mondays. Obviously, the 3rd is sold out now, so no tickets for that, but it's at the producers in the niche. Um, I can't wait to get to Adelaide, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think Perth was hard this year. Um, and I think Adelaide was like that two or three years ago, and I think it's going to swing the other way now, where Adelaide has kind of been through that that recession, and it's now going to start to come back a little stronger. And with the dude, the producers is such a fucking sick venue, man. Last year, okay, so the producers is this old bar in Adelaide. It was called the Old Exchange, and. Um, Maybe last year was like the high watermark for how loose it was going to be because one of the dudes who was like part owner of it just got arrested in the biggest drug bust in Australian history for uh, it was over a billion dollars worth of cocaine. They got no, it wasn't co it might have been ice or it might have been cocaine, but anyway, a bunch of dudes got busted off the coast of Sydney. Um, on this boat by like ASIO or whoever with over a billion dollars worth of cocaine or ice, or just some drug, and that was like a month or two ago, and this dude was one of the main owners of, uh, of the Producers Bar, which is hosting like over 70 shows or something in the Adelaide Fringe this year, and so people went into fucking meltdown, because everyone was like, this dude's clearly going to jail, what does that mean for the bar? Um, and it made a lot of sense that that was the guy who was running it, because last year, during the fringe, like there were at the producers, like Adelaide has lockouts, so you're not allowed into a new place after three, I think it is three in the morning. Everyone, if you're not in somewhere, you can't go in, and uh, if you are, you have to stay, and if you go out, you can't go back in because it's a way of like curbing binge drinking or 
you know, stopping people from having too much fun because that's no good when you fucking are in a city, right? You don't want to be having fun in a city. No. Everyone go home at three. That's when fun stops always, right? You fucking idiots. I hate that law so much. The, oh, the, three is like the... It's not whether you're having fun. Like, that's not going to stop people doing drugs. Send them home at three, then they won't do drugs. No, then they'll go home to where there are no police and do more drugs by themselves and not be social. It's, if anything, creating a generation of, of fucking reclusive hard drug users. Like, at least if they're out and about, yeah, okay, maybe there'll be some fights, but there'll definitely be fights anyway. But at least if they're out and about, then you can police where they're doing drugs, right? If they're doing drugs on the street or in the clubs, there are bouncers and there are police there to stop them. Ugh. And then, like, in Sydney now... People are telling me, like, King's Cross, which used to be, like, a huge nightlife hub, and, like, okay, there were fights, but there was also a huge economy around this nightlife, and now you go to King's Cross at fucking midnight on a Friday, and everyone's already going home. It's done. They've killed a whole area of nightlife in Sydney. Anyway, last year at the Producers Bar, um, there's a lockout at three in Adelaide, but, like, for some reason, they were just not abiding by that at all. And there was this side area of the bar and there would be, like, no bartenders. So you'd see, like, comedians behind the bar pouring drinks and fucking people smoking inside. And it was it was lawless, man. It was fucking awesome. And um, after hearing that the dude who got one was one of the guys getting busted for having a billion dollars worth of drugs on a boat, <laughs> he was one of the owners. I was like, okay, that makes sense that you know, that shit was happening. And so it's definitely not going to be like that this year. But um, I think it's still going to be great, man. The producers just felt like a fringe venue. It felt like an Adelaide, uh, like, like sorry, like an Edinburgh fringe venue, you know, with like um, all the posters up everywhere and it felt like it was kind of thrown together and like, you know, they just have taken any space they could and just turned it into a performance area. And that's what fringe should be. That's what's good about the Edinburgh Fringe, is it's just people making do out of whatever they can get their hands on. It's not some fucking, uh, you know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars production project and these massive tents and... Uh, like, it's uh, all the stuff, like the, the Pleasure Garden in Perth and, uh, and the Ice Cream Factory and whatever, and then the Garden of Unearthly Delights in Adelaide. It's great. But it's like, it feels so corporatized, and that's good for the big acts, but that's not what The Fringe is all about, you know? What The Fringe is about is about fucking going and seeing someone wild in a 30-seater in like a room that you've never heard of, and that they might be great, and their name might be Aiden Taco Jones, and the show might be called The Abisham Flat, right? That's what The Fringe is about. It's really not about going and seeing Will Anderson or, or fucking Danny Boy or... What's that other cunt's name? The the fucking Irish or Scottish or whatever dude. Ugh. Jim Owen. It's not about going and seeing Jim Owen at the fucking Melbourne Athenaeum, the thousand seat theatre. Or yeah, you're really on the fringe in one of the biggest theatres in the second biggest city in Australia. Ugh. Go and see some fucking cool shit. In a weird room, in a in a fucking bookshop that you've never heard of. That's what the fringe is. And come and see my show because I fucking lost about a thousand dollars in Perth. <laughs> oh man.
Um, I think I should probably go. Oh man, I almost forgot. Um, the girl from last week, the girl from that last week pod, messaged me, and uh, I was like, she like messaged me on Instagram. If you haven't, if you know what I'm talking about, last week's podcast. I I don't know. Maybe this won't be interesting to you. Just go back and listen to that. Um, that girl messaged me something along the lines of like, here's my reaction to your gross pedo podcast go sort your life out and then it was just a video of her like eating cereal <laughs> and like she like put a mouthful of cereal in her mouth and then went like Ehh. and um so my first thought was just like oh fuck she's um like she's listened to the podcast and like I don't think I was really like mean or anything I think I was just honest but it was like probably not an honesty that she you know would have been happy I don't want to hear I wouldn't want to hear that I'd slept with someone and then like hear them going like oh we really didn't have a connection you know um <laughs> so I was just like okay that makes sense that she's just upset and so she's pedophile is the word that she's chosen to use um and then uh, I was like, I should just check with some, like with a mate who I know listens to the pod. So I hit her up and I was just like, hey man, did I, did I say anything about like like a pedophile joke or something? And she was like, what? No, not at all. And I realized that she, uh, it was another, this is so odd. It was another podcast that I had done on Monday that like a friend of mine's podcast, Jez Watts' podcast, right? After the show that they do, Infinite Jess. Um, they do a podcast and we did a live one. So there were like four of us and we'd made a bunch of pedophile jokes on that podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and the thing was, it's like, because it was in front of a crowd and they, it was like, they were egging me on. So like, <laughs> like, like I would have normally just stopped at one pedo joke, but because there were people there laughing at it, I was like, oh man, I'm going to make so many pedo jokes. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, but that, that podcast hasn't come out yet, I don't think, and that girl was at the live show when the recording, like, you know, when that happened, um, so I guess she must have, she sent me the message on Sunday, so she must have just been thinking a bit, like, I don't think she listened to my podcast, but I think she was just thinking about me and she was either like upset that I didn't call her or, you know, that we like didn't hang out again, or she was trying to have like a fun joke with me somehow and our connection is so bad and our understanding of the like what each other is saying is so bad that her making a joke, I interpreted that as like <laughs> She was actually, she was actually angry at me and was calling me a pedophile. <laughs> anyway, um, either way, I blocked her. <laughs> oh God, um, I thought that anyone who listened to last week's pod that might you might be interested in that little update. Um, <laughs> and that's all. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. This has been sitting under a tree uh, with Aiden Taco Jones. Have a good one, peace. Thank you.